abundantly above all that you could ask or even think. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or even think. Oh, somebody thank him for it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Don't we serve an amazing God tonight? Oh, we serve an amazing God tonight. There ain't no telling what he's got up his sleeve and in his mind and in his heart for us tonight. I am going to quickly go to the word of the Lord. We're going to be turning to two settings of scripture. First, Zechariah, the fourth chapter. That is kind of a hard book to find, but it's just two books before Matthew. Matthew, Malachi, and then Zechariah, the fourth chapter. We'll also be turning to 2 Chronicles, the 16th chapter. And I am going to, I mean, pluck these two scriptures right out of their context. Oh, help me and, and tie them together with imagination tonight. And really, I should know better, but I'm just an evangelist, you know. I just, I'm just an evangelist, so amen. Heaven help us tonight. Zechariah, the fourth chapter and the tenth verse. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth. In Second Chronicles, chapter 16, Second Chronicles chapter 16. We're going to look at verse number 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. If the Lord will help me tonight. I want to talk about the small things. Turn to your neighbor and say, the small things. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time and give him a great praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord bless you and you can be seated tonight. Amen. I am amazed at the power of God tonight. As I was reflecting on the services that we had uh, uh, up to this point during this revival, there is nothing in me but an awestruck spirit that says, thank you, Jesus. If you did it before, I know you're going to do it again because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're filled with the Holy Ghost yesterday. I know you can do it today. And when I wake up tomorrow, I know you're going to do it again. You healed yesterday. I know you're going to heal today. And when I wake up tomorrow, I know you can do it again. Somebody say, Jesus Christ, the same. Amen, amen. And it's amazing because sometimes our spiritual eyes don't allow us to see 
all of the things that God is performing and working and doing. And in those moments when it feels like you can't see with your spiritual eye, what you ought to do is just look around. It was the Apostle Paul in Romans, the first chapter, verse number 20, that said, the things that you cannot see. Amen. Let me just put it this way. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. If tonight, some way, somehow, you don't understand and you don't see things the way that you want to, just look around. Look at the person sitting beside you. You're sitting by a miracle. Look at the person on the other side of you. You're seated by a miracle. Look up here at this young preacher. You're looking at a miracle. Amen. I'm thankful today that we serve a miracle working God. The psalmist said in Psalm 19 that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament, the firmament, the things we see, they show his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night it shows knowledge and there's no speech or no language where their voice is not heard. When I look up at a velvety starry night I think, oh God, how great thou art. When I look at the canyon deep, I can say, oh God, how great thou art. When I breathe then and when I breathe out, God, you're great. I thank you for your greatness tonight. Not only does God show his power and his splendor in the things that he's created, but he likes to show his power and splendor for the things that he created. It's Mark, the 10th chapter and the 27th verse that says, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Do you got a request tonight? Let me tell you in simple words, he's able. Do you have a need that you think is too hard? Let me tell you, it's not too hard. He's able. Somebody say that. Somebody say that to your neighbor. He's able. Somebody say that to your other neighbor. He's able. Say it to your own soul and encourage yourself in the Lord. My God is able. I know it's Tuesday night and we shouldn't do these type of things, but I'm going to read this. I'm just going to read Psalm 135. It says this, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord and in the courts of the house of our God, praise ye the Lord. For the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself and Israel for a peculiar treasure. For I know that the Lord is great and that our Lord is above all gods. The idols of the heathen are silver and gold and the work of men's hands. They have mouths and they speak not. They have ears or they have they have eyes and they can see not. They have ears but they hear not and there is no breath in their mouths but not when it comes to our God. Our God is powerful. Our God is able. Our God is a living God. He hears our cry. Where is a set of people in the book of Exodus uh, that they were under a cruel 
called an evil taskmaster. And they begin to sigh and cry and moan by reason of their taskmasters, saying, is there ever going to be a time when we're going to be free of this burden? And God began to talk to a man by the name of Moses. And he said in Exodus 3 and 7, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, and I have heard their cry. Let me speak encouragement to you. You may be feeling like nobody sees and nobody understands. You may feel like your voice has gone into a dark distance and the heavens are as brass. But let me tell you, that's not so. Because the God that we serve, he sees and he hears. Oh, he sees and he hears. He sees where you are and he hears your prayer. He sees what you're going through and he hears your prayer. So he began to go to work. What a miraculous display that happened. Ten plagues that were, that were loosed upon the, 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 the Egyptians and, and the clear cry that came from Moses. Let my people go. Let my people go that they may serve me. I can feel the heavenly pulse tonight for somebody that may be bound in addiction and sin. I stand tonight as the messenger of the Holy One, Jesus Christ himself, saying to every unclean spirit that may have you bound, let my people go that they may serve me. Let my people go that they may serve me. It's in Revelation where the writer said, the spirit and the bride say come. So not only is this preacher saying it, not only is the heavenly saying it, but there are some people in this congregation that have been praying for you and praying in their commanding spirit. Get your hands off of them. They belong to God. They're vessels that are going to be used of God. Oh, somebody give me a witness tonight in Jesus' name by clapping your hands, lifting your voice, and thanking God that some spirits are going to let go. Hallelujah. And in one night, one night, these people were delivered from bondage. I'm getting ahead of myself, but never underestimate the power of one night. Never underestimate the power of one service. Never underestimate the power of one day of fasting. Never underestimate the power of one prayer spoken to God. The miracles, the signs, and the wonders kept happening. They kept happening. And gee, and the Lord led them to a place where they did not have water to drink. And he issued forth water from a rock. They came to a place where the waters were bitter. And the Lord made a way for those waters to be made sweet. And for some 40 years, the suits on their back and the shoes on their feet lasted. You talk about a miracle-working God, baby. You talk about a miracle-working God. And if he did it yesterday, he can do it today. And because he's doing it today, we know he's going to do it tomorrow. The process of the Isodus, the process of the entering into that promise. Number one, the Lord kept doing these miracles. And he said in Exodus 23 and 23, I am going to send my angels before you. Then he says in Exodus 23 and 27, I'm going to send my fear before you. 
Then he says in Exodus 23 and 28 through 30, I am going to do this thing in a special way. In one night, I can deliver you. Amen. But it's going to take a little time for you to enter in fully unto what I would have you to enter into. He says, I'm going to drive none out them before you in one year, lest the land become desolate. And he gives us a principle here. And he says in Exodus 23 and 30, by little and little, I will drive them out from before you until you're increased and until you inherit the land. Mm, somebody say the little things. My message is so simple tonight. While you are looking for the big miracle, don't forget the little things. While you are looking for the big things, don't forget to stop and thank God for the little things. I'm not, because God operates big miracles. In small measures. You learn about him. Service by service. Prayer meeting after prayer meeting. Fasting day after fasting day. Isaiah 28 and 10 says it this way. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here on a Sunday morning. There on a Sunday night. Here on a Tuesday evening. And there on a Thursday evening. Brothers and sisters, can I say it this way? He's still working on me. He's still working on me. He's still working on me. I may not have filled into the full promise, but I'm not what I was yesterday. I'm walking. I'm walking. And I'm growing in him. Deliverance from sin. Small things. Take us, the foxes. The little foxes that spoil vines, for our vines have tender grapes. And I'm just about done this evening, believe it or not. Elijah is told, he's called to a place where they're going to have a showdown with the prophets of Baal. And some 400 prophets show up, and they start doing their thing. And Elijah begins to stand back, mock, and make fun. Because, you see, the gods of this world, they're not like our God. And when the sun began to set, Elijah said, that's enough. It's my turn. And so Elijah, you got to follow me now. And so Elijah repairs the altar of God, stone by stone by stone by stone. And I believe that Elijah could have stopped there stood back and prayed that short 26-word prayer, and that would have been enough. But Elijah, this crazy, beady-eyed prophet, said, I want to do something else. In the middle of this drought, I want you to find me, take these four barrels, and find me some water in the land. And so these servants go scrounging and looking for water. They come back and pour that water over the sacrifice the first time. The second time, and then the third. Twelve barrels of water in a drought on top of the sacrifice. And Elijah stands back and begins to pray. And by the time he's done praying, there comes fire from heaven. And the Bible tells us that when that fire came, 
it did not only consume the sacrifice. It did not only consume that which had been laid upon the altar. But the Bible tells us, you got to follow me now, that the fire licked up the water that was around a sacrifice. Not a drip of that water was left. And Elijah goes up into the mountain and begins to pray. And he prays, and before he even gets there, he tells the king that there's going to come rain from heaven. And while he's up there praying, he sends his servant out to look and see what he can see. And he says, I'm sorry, man of God. I don't see anything in the sky. Hey, man, I'm Brother McAllister, will you come help me tonight? And so he goes back and begins to pray. And he sends the servant again the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and the seventh time. Finally, that young man comes back and says, Brother Elijah, Brother Elijah, I see something so small in the heavens. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Oh, Brother Elijah gets his garment together and starts running because it only takes a small thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, some of you are catching on to what I'm about to say. You're already there. Sometimes uh, we pray prayers, uh, and it feels like nothing's happening. Oh, my, but I want to encourage you. You keep your eyes open for the little things uh, because that little cloud uh, was enough to multiply into a big promise uh, and send rain down from heaven just like God had promised uh, and the man of God had spoken. <laughs> Hallelujah. You've been praying for anything? You've been praying for that backslidden son? Maybe he picked up the phone and said, I've been thinking about church. You just thank God. That's a small cloud in the sky. And the rain is on its way. Oh, God. I feel faith on me so strong right now. You want me to tell you something about Sunday night to six people in one service? That's a small cloud. There's about to be a big downpour in this house. God. But, 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 but I ask myself the question, where did that little cloud come from? And I'm convinced, I am convinced that that little cloud came from the little extra that Elijah did. It would have been enough to build the altar, it would have been enough to come to church. It would have been enough. It would have been enough to have just prayed a prayer. But he said, I'm going to go a little further. <laughs> and if you know the way that rain works, I think it's evaporation, condensation, and then whatever else. Session, precipitation, praise God. I'm here to tell us tonight as we stand together, is there a big prayer that you've been praying and at the same time, I want to ask you, is there a little more that you can do? <laughs> I don't think everybody heard me. I said, if you've been praying for a big miracle, but I've got to ask you, is there a little more that you can do?
So the day is over. The victory's won. Brother Elijah goes up into the cave. And he's seeking God. And he needs to hear a word from God. And he said, God had taught him a lesson because he, he hears the strong wind that, that tears mountains apart and breaks rocks in pieces. But God isn't in that. Then there's an earthquake. But God's not in the earthquake. And then there's fire that comes. But God's not in the fire. But he hears <laughs> a still, small voice. Has anybody heard that still, small voice this week saying, everything's going to be okay? Mm, I feel something in the whole, we, got, we can't pass this by right now. Has anybody heard the still, small voice this week saying, everything's going to be all right? It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the prognosis is. Oh, yeah, you just trust me, child. Everything's going to be okay. Mm, I feel something right there. What report did you receive this week? I'm here to tell you that there's a still, small voice that's still speaking. I don't care how big the bill is. You serve a God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything is going to be okay. i got some questions for you tonight. In the big valley of Elah, facing a big giant, how big are five smooth stones? Put them in the hands of God and find out. In a big, big tabernacle where Pharisees are giving multiplied millions, how big are two small mites? Put them in the offering plate and find out. In a big crowd of talented men, how big is a life given to God? In Zacchaeus, why don't you give that life to God and find out? In a crowd of 5,000 men plus women and children, what are five loaves and two small fishes? Put them in the hands of God and find out. In a world that's going crazy, how much can one prayer do? Put it in the hands of God and find out. In a family situation that is so crazy. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. In a family situation that makes no sense. How big of a difference can one life given to God make? You stick with it, sister, and you're going to find out. While you're looking and waiting on the big miracle, don't forget to thank God for the little victories on the way. You want to be changed and filled with the Holy Ghost? Repent of your sins. It's a small thing. Be baptized in Jesus' name. It's a small thing. And watch him perform the big miracle of changing your name and changing your life and changing your focus and lifting you up into big, high places. Does anybody want to come this morning, this evening, and give their life to God? There is a quiet stillness in this house that lets me know that God is talking to people. Anybody want to come and just put those stones in the hands of God and see what he can do with it?